Welcome, welcome, welcome to Above Replacement Radio. I am your host, Chris Gianta. I might be becoming a bad baseball fan who can't enjoy the romantic things because of advanced statistics. 15 years from now, I want to be on the early baseball committee. Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Kern. I literally have the fan graphs hoodie, the baseball reference t-shirt, just repping some stats, you know what I'm saying? It's not necessarily Hall of Fame. It's not necessarily above average, but we can guarantee you we are better than just the standard replacement level college sophomore. And welcome to Above Replacement Radio, we're talking baseball. Kind of whenever, I'm your host, Chris Gianta. Uh, over there to my actual left, as you cannot see on YouTube, unfortunately, is Daniel Curran. How you doing, Daniel? Chris, I am doing well today. Uh, we got some baseball to talk about, believe yes. it or not. Finally. It's, uh, you know, finally happening, and, uh, and we're able to talk about it for sure. Uh, we do have some baseball to talk about. Baseball news, you know, not too much going on uh, at this point in the year. You know, still, you know, there's still like April. April, it seems like everyone's 13 and 12 uh, for the most part, except for, you know, a few exceptions. Uh, But, you know, teams will separate at at points, but this is not a time of the year where that's happening. And, you know, some good teams are underperforming, bad teams are overperforming. You know, you're going to get that. You're going to get that in April for sure. But uh, a team, I guess you could say, should have been a worse team that's been really, really doing well so far this year is the Pittsburgh Pirates. And after a really um, interesting offseason with this particular player, they signed him for eight years, $106 million. They they signed uh, Brian Reynolds uh, to an eight-year deal and bought off, I believe, five years of free agency. Yes. Um, and, uh, and, yeah, signed him through, like... Uh, yeah, like his mid thirties around there. Um, what did you think of this uh, of this deal? I thought that it was probably a bit of an underpay, but not like an egregious one. Like if he got about a hundred twenty five mil in total, I would have been like, yeah, that's 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 about market value for him. Yeah. Uh, instead, he got one hundred six. I think it's crazy that they settled on this because. Like, they had agreed on these numbers, like, weeks ago, but the only thing that was holding them up was that Reynolds wanted an opt-out after 2026, and the Cardinals were like, no, we don't want it that year. And then eventually they settled on, let's just not have it at all. Yeah, yeah. Which is, you know, I mean, I, I admittedly, I was one of the people that was like, okay, well, he clearly doesn't want to stay in Pittsburgh, which he did request a trade, so it's reasonable to have come to that conclusion, but obviously he changed his mind, and I'm sure that this, you know, this 20-game stretch to start the season has definitely played a large factor in that. Yeah, right, for the team and and for Reynolds. Uh, yeah, yeah, the team has gotten out to, you know, an 18-8 and start, which is, you know, very, very good for them. Um, I'm wondering if that maybe encouraged the Pirates to... Um, you know, invest a little bit more, um, even though they were trying to sort of get this done, get this deal done earlier in the year. Um, yeah, I think, I think it's a great, uh, you know, I don't think it can really be argued that this is a great deal for the pirates. Um, you know, they're signing, uh, one of their, arguably their, their most valuable player in the franchise right now, um, to a deal through his age, I think 36 season, um, which is, uh, very good to have. I should see exactly what his uh, service time is here. Yeah, he came in with three years. He's at 3.163. And, uh, yeah, this buys out this year. So it signs him through his age 35 season, actually. With uh, a twenty twenty with a 2031 club option, though. Yeah, 2031 club option. But I doubt that's taken. But, yeah, and, and when's you know when's the last time you saw this from the Pirates? It's not really a it's thing the, that's uh, happened. It's the first $100 million contract they've ever signed. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Um, so that's a good sign that they're trying to invest a little bit here. Do you think that maybe the success of this year's team so far, maybe, you know, maybe not was the main reason that they invested, but maybe a uh, part of it? I don't think so. Like they were talking extension before spring training or in spring training, rather. Like they were, Pirates fans were hoping that it would be announced on opening day. Um, I think the reason Reynolds agreed to this is because of the the good start. I think it really has more to do with him than it does the team. Yeah. Um, because yeah, I remember when we were at Fenway watching the pirates, uh, I was explaining, yeah, no, they actually have the, the dollar value in the years, like all figured out. The problem mm-hmm. is the opt out. And that was on April 4th when they won a game to improve to two and two. So yeah. 
the Pirates, you know, they were going to invest in him. They were going to at least try to invest in him, whether or not they started like zero and twenty seven or eighteen and eight. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think for Reynolds certainly this played a large role. Uh, I mean, I have to assume if you're getting rid of the idea of an opt out entirely you're probably considering, okay, you know what, we have a good start, we have a lot of reinforcements still to come from the minors with guys like Andy Rodriguez, guys with like Quinn Priester, uh, and several others. You know, O'Neal Cruz will come back from injury. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think for Reynolds, for sure, that played a large role. Right, yeah. There's, um, you know, they're a developing team, um, and he is not, he's not the only... Um player in that organization under a longer term deal um although it's mostly like a arbitration simulation yeah uh they they did sign key brian hayes to an eight-year deal uh, i believe last year um for 70 million dollars so key brian hayes will be around for most of the time that reynolds will be around so that's that's good two younger guys who um have proven to be valuable at points in their career uh, sticking around. So, yeah, I mean, it's a good sign if, if you're a young Pirates player like Cruz, like Andy Rodriguez, or even like uh, Termar Johnson, who I think is their top prospect, who's, you know, yes, his Henry ET- Davis, too. Yeah, like John, I know Johnson's they- <laughs> ETA is like two years from now, but it's a good sign for them, um, you know, maybe coming up and being a little optimistic that they could stick around if, yeah. they, if they really want and to. And it's also possible they'd get Dylan Cruz, too, which would be insane. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Like, if you're if you're listening to this and you don't know about Dylan Cruz, you need to look at Dylan Cruz because he's, like, it's there was speculation, and I I don't think this is actually going to happen, but there was speculation that the Pirates are going to pass on him because they wouldn't want to pay his his signing bonus. He's projected to have the highest signing bonus in MLB draft history at about like twenty million, uh, because he's that insane. Let me just pull up his minor league numbers real quick at LSU. Yeah, so they did, do they have the uh, number one uh, pick this year? Yes, they do. They won that lottery. Yeah, they won the lottery. Yeah, he is currently sla- – and so he's played 40 games uh, for LSU this season alone. Uh, he he uh, has 187 plate appearances, and he is slashing 485, 636, 841 for a 1477 OPS. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, he has 11 home runs, 12 doubles, a triple – uh, only 19 strikeouts, by the way, and 45 walks. Yeah, that's a that's a <laughs> solid ratio. <laughs> that's not too bad. Um, yeah, he's ridiculous. Yeah, uh, he also had a 11.53 OPS last year in in uh, 300 plate appearances. Did not play summer ball last year. Uh, unfortunately, did not play in either of the the big two uh, New England summer leagues. Uh, so yeah, we never got to see him in our areas, the, uh, but. Yeah, nor the uh, Northwoods leagues. No, he didn't North play the Northwoods. He played yeah. in the uh, Florida Collegiate Summer League. Nice, nice, nice. Um, yeah, so Dylan, it, like, you're going to add Dylan Cruz to that too uh, during the time when Reynolds is there. Hopefully, yeah. I, he's a guy that I really wouldn't be surprised if he's in the majors well, by, like, 2025. 20, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, especially a guy out of college. Mm-hmm. You know, I know Adley Rutschman got drafted and. 2019 he was there in 2022 and and he probably could have been there earlier if not for the pandemic exactly you know the 2020 season was canceled right right yeah exactly i know that the pirates you know don't have the best track record with you know get rushing their guys up to the majors and getting them when you know they're ready and you know reinforcing to make the team better but you know what maybe they'll change their ways when they are competitive and they also have money invested in this team yeah yeah absolutely absolutely um yeah, it's 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 a good sign if you're a Pirates fan that they're I mean it's literally their biggest <laughs> contract oh, Andy, of all Andy time. Andy Rodriguez is injured right now. Oh that no. Sucks. That's how t- how bad? Forearm injury. He said okay, looks like he got injured on a like an awkward slide attempt at second base when he was stealing. Uh, and he's on the IL with a forearm injury now. Ah. So Yeah, Andy Rodriguez by the way, number 2 prospect. That doesn't sound Okay, that doesn't sound too bad though. Number two prospect in the Pirates system, um, and prior to this season was number fifty-five in all of baseball. Had a nine ninety-seven OPS in the minors last year, um, and plays a bunch of different positions, including catcher. Yeah, he was also traded for uh, Joe Musgrove. Yeah, 
Yeah, so the, pir- the thing about the pirates, it's very funny because they all like you know as much as people love to, uh, you know, roast their front office and deservingly so, they are so good at trading. Yeah, they are amazing at trading. Like they, they got Brian Reynolds in the Andrew McCutcheon trade. Like how often do you trade a superstar and get a guy back that you end up extending? Uh, they did that. They traded uh Tony Watson and got O'Neill Cruz. Yeah. That's insane. The Dodgers have done that twice, unbelievably. Right, as yeah. As good as they are, they've tr- they've traded superstar players for random relievers twice. Yeah. With uh, Jordan Alvarez being the other, of course. Yeah. They traded uh, Dan Vogelbach to get Colin Holderman, who's been a really solid reliever for them this year, except they keep throwing him out there for some reason. Yeah. He's thrown, like, half their games so far this year. Mm-hmm. I'm worried about that. And then also they traded, you know, Joe Musgrove and got Andy Rodriguez. Right, yeah. It, yeah, for... it. It it doesn't really make sense because usually, yeah, usually there is. It's easy to make fun of the pirates in their front office, but it's probably more ownership yeah, than this, the actual same thing wheeling ex- and dealing. The same thing exists for the Guardians. Like they're also insane at trading. Yeah, like the you know the Corey Kluber Emmanuel Classe trade, well, the, the Lindor trade, also getting a guy that they extended. Yeah, with the the Guardians, the perfect example is they got Kluber for Jake Westbrook had. He had an amazing career with Cleveland, and then they traded him to get Emmanuel Classe. <laughs> yeah, like they're eventually they're going to trade Emmanuel Classe for nothing and get like a three-time Cy Young Award winner. Right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like uh, Emmanuel Classe goes all the way back to uh, Jake Westbrook. Yeah. Uh, shout out to um, the 2007 ALCS Game Seven. Um, but uh, the the final point I was going to make with the Brian Reynolds. Uh, contract. So, yeah, it buy, it buys off five years of free agency, simulates arbitration. So he's getting paid seven million this year, ten point two five next year, twelve point two five after, fourteen point two five in twenty twenty six, and then fifteen point two five the next four years uh, after that. Um, one comp I had with him and a, a guy sort of similar to him that recently hit the free agent market was Brandon Nimmo. Um, you know, the differences the differences between them is probably health, which, you know, Reynolds has the advantage in. But just comparing uh, comparing the deals, you know, Reynolds got $106 million, um, which obviously was going to be lower because, it, you know, this contract was buying off arbitration, which you're supposed to get paid less in uh, anyway. But... Um, but the years brought off in free agency, he's only getting like $15 million a year, whereas Nimmo was getting $20 million a year. Uh, Brian Reynolds, um, Brian, Brian Reynolds in his, uh, in, from 2021 to 2022 had a 8.8 B war along with a uh, 136 OPS plus. Brandon Nimmo from 2021 to 2022 had 8.6 B war and an OPS plus of 130. So, you know, you could argue that Brian Reynolds was better uh, prior to the contract he got with the Pirates than Nimmo was prior to the contract he got with the Mets. However, I think the real situation, the real difference is Nimmo hit the free agent market, uh, period, and also he hit the free agent market. And also um, Nimmo had Steve Cohen, whereas... He, Ryan Reynolds had Bob Nutting. Yeah, he had Steve Cohen, and like, he also hit the free agent market when the free agent market was at its most insane it's been in a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Brian Reynolds, you know, this is an extension. They kind of both sides kind of wanted kind of wanted to get it done, and uh, and yeah, it, difference in owners also. Uh, yeah, you know those uh, you know those posts on social media where it's like build your dream roster with fifteen dollars, and it's like there's a five dollar option all the way down to one. Yeah, Brandon Nimmo had the five dollar owner, and <laughs> and uh, Brian Reynolds had the one dollar owner. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that, that's the difference here. That's a lot of the difference. <laughs> that's a lot of the difference. But yeah, when you are being extended by a team, it's a it can be different than um than getting. It can be different than getting a. Uh, a a deal on the open market where there's four or five teams going after you and Steve Cohen's like, no, I want, I want you. So I'm going to take you. Um, so yeah, that's the, uh, that's, th- that's the gist of that. Sure. Reynolds probably could have gotten a little more, um, but you know, I think he's happy to happy to get this one. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, any any more thoughts on the deal? I mean, I, I, it's definitely you know I always appreciate seeing teams that don't have a reputation of spending investing in their teams, especially when it's guys they should be investing in. Um, you know, it's cool. Ooh, the Mariners just <laughs> sorry to cut this off. The Mariners just dropped their city connects. Nice. And they are they are some hot fire. I'm they're, hoping they're very nice. I just want a needle, really. It's it. I, I admittedly I had already seen them because they were leaked, like most of the city connects. Uh, I don't know if there is a needle, but it's it's pretty good. If it if there's no needle, I'm kind of out of here. <laughs> I think it looks cool. Um, I'm gonna find like I'm trying to find like a, a good picture. Um, yeah, it's kind of like their throwbacks. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're definitely not exactly like them. I don't know. I think they're pretty good. The I like the color scheme. The thing that uh, I saw on the leaks is that they have my oh my printed on them somewhere, like in small print. Okay, that's, that's good. That's pretty awesome. That's of course a tribute to uh, Dave Niehaus, who was their broadcaster from 1977 all the way up until 2010 when he passed. Um, yeah, he literally broadcasted the Mariners for as long as he possibly could have. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. He was, and he was great. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah, that that would be good to have on the uniforms for sure, but um, yeah, yeah, they 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 definitely could have done a needle somewhere. Yeah, maybe like the L could have been a needle. Um, yeah, right. L in Seattle. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, it would have been cool. I don't know, for for you know the didn't the Giants have something with the bridge? I think so. I I might be wrong about that. I don't know. I, I I like the Mariners though. I think they're the best ones that have dropped this year for sure. Um, probably. I mean, p- color scheme wise, it's great for sure. Yeah. I uh, the ra- people hated the Rangers ones, like the general populace. I thought they were okay. Right. Oh no, I don't think there is a bridge. Or no, this is. Yeah. Hmm. No, never mind. I don't know. So the Giants are, like, insane in those uniforms. They have, like, a 700 winning percentage. So, like, fans that didn't like them at first are like, you know what? They can wear them as much as they want right, yeah. if they're going to play like this. Yeah, and exactly. Then, so the Orioles, Reds, and Pirates are the last three teams that are getting City Connects this year. Um, yeah. I think the Pirates one would be pretty cool. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm there, hoping. There's some cool things you could do with the bridges and stuff yeah uh i I mean i'm i'm almost certain they're probably doing like roberto clemente stuff maybe like steel city stuff yeah uh yeah yeah i i like maybe maybe on 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 the gianta scale of grading city connect uniforms i like when it does connect to the city it's in the name yeah i like when there's a connection not when it's just cool colors you know i like i like when there's a bit of a connection even though even though the Red Sox design is a, a little weird, I do enjoy that they connected to something that's yeah. famous in the city. I mean, that's most of what the Rangers was too, though. Yeah, the, the Rangers. Yeah, the Rangers did that for sure. Um, and uh, even if, yeah, even if the White Sox didn't have any like design that connected to the city, they had Southside on the mm-hmm. on the front of it, um, and it just it looks really cool. Um, but yeah, what, they should have they should have done a pilot's jersey. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> R.I.P. Um, but yeah, any more? Any last thoughts on the uh, Pirates? Um, yeah, I mean, my my thought was just cool to see teams that don't particularly spend spending on the guys they should be. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, it's good that they are recognizing, like, okay, you know what? We can give Reynolds money now that like is way less than what he'd see if he went to free agency. Yeah, yeah. That. Yeah, that that's a you know it's a smart thing for a franchise to do, especially if they want to try and win, um, which, you know, this is a winning move for sure. Um, so the, uh, next subject to tackle, um, there's been a man donning the Arizona Diamondbacks uniform who's just been absolutely, uh, absolutely killing it. And, uh, had something like this happen last year. Zach Gallen at 29 consecutive scoreless innings, you said. Uh, what have you been seeing from Mr. Zach Gallen th- so far this year? I mean, he's just been completely insane. First of all, his batted ball profile has changed quite a bit for the better. His ground ball rate is down. Or, sorry, it is down, which isn't great. And But his fly ball rate is also down. 
uh, 5%. His pop-up rate is up about 1.5%. Uh, his line drive rate is up actually quite a bit, but uh, it doesn't really matter because not many people are hitting the ball against him anyway. Uh, he has a 36.2% strikeout rate, which is up 10% from last year. And of course, I don't expect he's going to sustain a 36% strikeout rate. That's ridiculous, but I mean, if it's above 30, yeah, that's his career high by a, an overwhelming margin. His walk rate is also cut in half from last year, as of right now. Mm. Um, so just to give you an idea, his last four starts have been particularly nuts. He got he had some babippery uh, misfortune in the first couple games for him this season, but since then, uh, he had six and a third shutout innings with four hits and no walks and 12 strikeouts against the Royals. Actually, that was his last start. I'm lying. I'm just going to go in the... the the reverse order now so on tuesday he had six and a third scoreless against the royals four hits no walks and 12 strikeouts the start before that on april 21st against the padres seven innings pitched two hits no runs no walks 11 strikeouts uh the game before that against miami uh in his you know in against his old team yeah the old <laughs> revenge game yeah uh six and two thirds two hits no walks no runs seven strikeouts and then the game before that seven Seven innings pitched, three hits, no runs, no one walk, and eleven strikeouts against uh, the Brewers. Uh, it is the it is one of two four game spans in baseball history where a pitcher had forty plus strikeouts, one or less walks, and no runs allowed. The other person to do it was Clayton Kershaw in July to August of two thousand fifteen. I was actually at one of those starts. Yeah, uh, he went nine nine scoreless, complete game shutout against the Mets. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Zach Allen is doing something that only Clayton Kershaw has done throughout all of baseball history right now. Yeah, that's wild. That's uh, yeah, that's pretty crazy. Um, and yeah, like the yeah the scoreless streak, continuous scoreless streaks from you know last year and this year. Uh, it's pretty crazy to see uh, the strikeout rate being so high is also encouraging. It lets you know that. You know, this isn't necessarily that the Diamondbacks is are just playing great. It's it's not because uh, the Diamondbacks' uh, defense is really like backing him up like crazy. It, he doesn't necessarily need that. Uh, he's striking out a lot of hitters, and he's not walking anybody. I mean, that's like a in the span his strikeout minus walk rate is is uh, like probably forty percent or something like that. Um, maybe maybe not that high, but like. 35%-ish. Um, it's pretty wild. So, yeah, what he's been doing on the mound is, um, is yeah, something we've only seen <laughs> Clayton Kershaw do, and I'm sure he could uh, continue and maybe be in an exclusive club um, with the with those numbers for sure. Yep. Um, I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't find much StatCast stuff on him. It's just... I think it's just a combination of a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, getting swings and misses, hitting the right spots, um, obviously having a lot of control uh, to you know avoid walks. Yeah, he's and uh, every pitch seems to be working for him. Um, well, apparently, the June Lee just said the the Mariners City Connects were were actually a, a tribute to the Pilots and the Rainiers. That's pretty cool. Oh, that's pretty cool. They did it. They did the thing. Dude, yeah. shout out to the 1969 Seattle Pilots for real. Yeah, I mean, I think the one thing they could have done was put the needle like on like the letter L or something like that, or even just like on like the bottom of the uniform going up. But regardless, yeah, I they, mean, they are very good. The color scheme is great. Uh, the PNW patch is cool. The my oh my patch is great. Yeah, if I were a Mariners fan, I I might buy that jersey. Yeah. Although it costs seven billion dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah. If I can get an Edgar one, I might consider. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you know how hard Griffey ones would go? Oh my God. Yeah. Those would sell out in three minutes. Yes. If you can get a Griffey, uh, like City Connect, you know what they got to do? They got to have them throw out the first pitch at like the first game where they wear them. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is next week. Yeah, him or, or a, a uh, Griffey City Connect jersey would go crazy. Him or like Andy Bennis. <laughs> yeah, Andy Bennis, the guy who started Game Five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, probably like Mike Blowers, uh, Louis Soho. Yeah, Joey Cora. Yeah, uh, all those great guys. Um, 
Anything more before we get into uh, players to highlight? Uh, no, I think we, we're ready. Let's All right. Um, so now we will get into the part we've most prepared for, where we're talking, uh, you know, players or subjects that have been, um, that have been catching our eye for good or bad reasons. We'll start with the good reasons with our uh, Friday, April 28th. 2023 edition of uh, How about that? Um, who do you have for us today? I have a player that will be wearing those City Connect uniforms this next week and will probably look great doing it. I'm talking about J.P. Crawford. Over his last 14 games, he is slashing 333, 489, 528 for a 1017 OPS and a 197 weighted runs created plus. During that span, he is leading the major leagues with a 23.4% walk rate. J.P. Crawford now comes with walks. And he does it more than anyone else in the majors uh, over this 14-game span. He's never had an average exit velocity above 88.2 miles per hour, and that was only in 82 batted balls in, I think, 2018. Uh, but this year, he is at 92.1%. That is a 7-mile-per-hour increase since 2022. That is insane, and it is also the number one largest jump in the 182 qualifiers throughout the majors. Very unsurprising. His ground ball rate has gone from 46.5% to 40.7% throughout between 2022 and 23 and his fly ball rate has gone from 18.2% to 25.9%. If you told me that JB Crawford would be increasing his fly ball percent by nearly uh, 8% between 2022 to 2023 before this season, I would say, well that's not good. He's not a guy that hits the ball hard enough to be doing that. Well, now he is that guy. Yeah. And it's paying off for him big time. He had a big grand slam the other day against the Phillies. Uh, his outs above average has also gone from the 2nd percentile to the 80th percentile. So his defense is also improving along with his his batted ball profile. Lastly, in 23 plate appearances with runners in scoring position, he is slashing 333, 545, 600 for an 1145 OPS and 229 weighted runs created plus. His 30, he has a 30.4% walk rate with runners in scoring position and a 4.3% strikeout rate. That is a uh, walk-to-strikeout ratio of 7. It ranks second in the league only to Jose Ramirez, and his 30.4% walk rate ranks second only to Alex Bregman. Uh, J.P. Crawford, we are really seeing it from him. You know, he's had flashes before, but never like this, where he's hitting the ball uh, so extremely well, uh, and it's very, very cool to see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, J.P. Crawford. How about that? Um, yeah, I feel like he has one of these, uh, like, every year. I feel, yeah. like we've, I feel like we've highlighted him a, a lot, but this time... I mean, yeah, a seven it mile. Feels per more, hour. It feels more like it could be. I don't want to say sustainable because, like, you know, ninety two ninety two miles per hour is a lot to sustain over the year. That's like almost leading the league type stuff. But if he can stay above ninety or eighty nine, that's great. That's yeah. insane. He was at eighty five last year. If he finishes the year at eighty nine, that's more than reasonable, and it's incredible. Yeah, and an above average uh, exit velocity, below average ground ball. Or, you know. A blow average in a good way, uh, ground ball rate, and uh, and a great walk rate. That's going to set up for offensive success. Along with, you know, if you're 80th percentile, outs above average as a shortstop, that's extremely extremely valuable. Um, so yeah, good for the uh, good for Crawford. It's interesting that like he's broken. He he's done really well. Kelnick's done really well, but the Mariners still <laughs> are just uh, yeah. Oh, one bit of news we forgot to talk about was um, regarding the Mariners. Maybe we could get to it after uh, players to highlight, but I literally just remembered this. Uh, Robbie Ray is out for the season. He is. Um, I forgot about that. It feels like he's been like a non-factor for much of his tenure there anyway. Yeah, true. Because, uh, I mean, like I know their rotation will survive without him. Yeah. 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 We, could, we could briefly get into it after the players highlight, but... Um, how so my uh my how about that um i think we mentioned this guy like when we talked about like our um selection process of how about that and it's like well we couldn't do this guy in 2019 but now we could maybe do it mm -hmm. um and uh and that's cody bellinger <laughs> yep who uh yeah like 
yeah, I know he's a high-profile name, but this is a guy who, like, in the last three years, I think has, like, a 74 OPS plus, or at least before this year, had, like, a 75 OPS plus in his previous three years. Um, but he's been really swinging the bat well for the Cubs so far. Uh, you and I both um, were not on the Cody Bellinger train um, to, uh, you know, previewing the year, but um, he's looking really good so far. Uh, there are still some things he could improve improve upon, but the maybe the biggest problem that he had is being solved right now. So with Co- Cody Bellinger in his last 11 games, he's hitting 390 with a 1250 OPS. Uh, he's, a, he's actually currently on the paternity list, so maybe he will come back and continue. Oh yeah, that's, that. that's also a thing. The, the Dodgers uh, yeah. paternity list issue. Yeah. It's that, been going on. That's been a thing. Um, he's on the paternity list, so maybe he'll come back with dad strength to do even better. But in his last 11 games, hitting 390 with a 1250 OPS. Out of 187 qualifiers in the span, Bellinger's average ranks second, on-base percentage ranks sixth, slugging ranks third, OPS ranks third, and weighted runs created plus ranks third. Uh, overall, he is hitting 300 with a 930 OPS, and his most notable change has been with strikeouts. Uh, from 2021 to t- from 2022 to 2023, his strikeout rate has gone from 27% to 14%. His whiff rate has gone from 27.2% to 20.5%, and his chase rate has gone from 31.7% to 26.5%. And even when Cody Bellinger does chase, he has a 75.5% chase contact rate. Um, that's pretty wild. Uh, Cody Bellinger, out of 284 hitters to swing at 25-plus pitches out of the zone this year, Bellinger's chase contact rate is is 13th highest, uh, 13th out of 284. That's like top 5% in a chase contact percentage, which if you told me that, if you told me Bellinger was going to be doing that, um, I don't think I'd, I don't think I'd believe you at all, uh, because he's been kind of a swing and miss guy over the past, um, over the past few years, but he's turning it around right now. And, uh, yeah, so far Cody Bellinger. Yeah, this is definitely the first year in the ARR era uh, where Cody Bellinger has been uh, eligible for How About That. Yes, yes, that's <laughs> that's very true. That's very true because yeah, our first uh, our first year was he was a defending MVP, and then he was yeah he was in the middle of an MVP season basically because we started in October. Well, of 2019. Well, we never. Yeah. Well, we didn't yeah, have. How we about didn't that. have. How about that? You're right. First, first year of how about that? Yeah. He. He. Uh, yeah. I mean, quite literally, coming the, off quite MVP. literally, the equivalent now would be. Oh, dude, I'm talking about Paul Goldschmidt. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Look out for Paul Goldschmidt. He's gotten above 880 OPS. I believe that is one team knocked off the list. Correct. We didn't have a Cub before. Yeah, we've not done a Cub. We had done a Mariner. Um. Yeah. <coughs> Had we? Yeah. We've yeah, done Kelnick. an We've done an Oriole, a Red Sox, a Cub, a Royal. We didn't do a Royal. Um, an Angel, a Dodger, a Brewer, an A, a Pirate, Mariner twice, Rays, Rangers, Blue Jays. Nice, nice. Um, all right. So now we go from the highs of the lows where we're talking players or subjects that have been underperforming for our. Friday, April 28th, 2023 edition of... Um, who do you have for us today? Um, I have a young pitcher that broke out last year, someone that I think a lot of people were expecting, even another step up from this year, but uh, we really just have not seen it in any way, shape, or form, and that is Brady Singer. Uh, with 27 innings pitched this year, he currently has a 6.67 ERA and a 4.65 FIP. Uh, his K-to-walk numbers are relatively similar to last year. His walk rate is actually down t- a little bit. Uh, his K-rate's down a tick, but it's un- not uncommon for people in April to have low strikeout rates. Um, so the problem is in his batted ball numbers pretty clearly. He currently ranks in the first percentile of average exit velocity at 94.8 miles per hour. That's an Basically, people are averaging a hard hit ball off of him. Yeah. And a hard hit rate of 61.6%. 
Yeah. Uh, that's pretty horrendous. His 20.7% increase in hard hit rate from last year is the largest jump among the 243 qualifiers. Uh, and the reason why he's gotten such bad luck on his contact is because of location. Uh, his sinker is his most primarily used pitched, and 21.4% of his sinkers have been in game day zones 5 or 6. Game day zone 5 is right down the middle. Game day zone 6 is uh, middle out to right-handed hitters. And you don't want to be throwing there, and that's what Brady Singer, unfortunately, is doing. Uh, that is the fifth highest rate among the 50 pitchers to have thrown at least 100 sinkers this year. Another 30% of his sinkers have been in game day zones 12 and 14, which is just outside. High or low, it's outside to right-handed hitters, inside to left-handed hitters. Uh, and that is the second highest rate on that same list. Uh, so he's either throwing it in very easy places to hit it, or it's outside. Uh, and that's been about half of his sinkers so far. As for his slider, his second most used pitched, 9.1% of them have been in game day zone 5, and that is the 8th highest rate among the 58 pitchers pitchers to throw at least 100 sliders. So he's not locating well, uh, and as a result, he's getting absolutely crushed. Uh, But other than that, he's been fine, but that's something that clearly needs to be worked on. Yeah, Brady Brady Singer. Slightly alarming. Yeah, it's... Despite, despite, uh, despite FIP, you know, heart, even if you're, uh, striking out and walking guys at a, at a decent rate, um, you can be doing poorly if you're, if you're allowing an average, uh, heart, an average, average contact is a hard hit ball. Not the best, mm-hmm. not the greatest, uh, 61.6% hard hit rate against is pretty wild. So yeah, um, that's a pretty good analysis there. Uh, my slightly alarming is a hitter. Um, per, actually, uh, yeah, a former MVP, technically. It's Jose Abreu. Um, in his last... <laughs> I love that you put technically in there. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it's like, well, you know. <laughs> For one, it was in a 60-game season, and two, he shouldn't have won it. Probably, yeah, probably not. Um Jose Abreu, in his last 20 games, he is hitting 205 with a 465 OPS. Uh, out of 180 qualifiers in the span, his on base percentage is fourth worst. Slugging is 10th worst. OPS is sixth worst. Sixth worst. And uh, weighted runs created plus is fourth worst out of 180. Uh, also, Jose Abreu, in his last 20 games, has not hit a home run and only has three extra base hits. So his ISO is fifth worst out of 180. Um, in the span, his average exit velocity is 86.3 miles per hour, which is 5.9 miles per hour less than his average exit velocity for all of last year. So, you know, if you're wondering why he's not hitting as many extra base hits, probably because he's not hitting the ball uh, as hard as he was uh, last year by, you know, by, uh, you know, by a lot. Um, and uh, he has a, and also a reason is what, why he might not be getting extra base hits is because he's hitting hitting the ball on the ground a decent amount. Uh, he has a 50.8% ground ball rate in the span, which is 18th highest out of the 113 hitters with 50-plus batted balls in the span. Um, along with that, Abreu has a 26% strikeout rate and only a 2% walk rate in the span, and his walk-to-strikeout ratio in, is fifth lowest out of 180 in the span. Uh, a lot of that can be attributed to his very high chase rate in this 20-game sample. Uh, he has a 37.5% chase rate in this span, and out of 117 hitters to see 150-plus pitches out of the zone in this span, Abreu's chase rate is ninth highest. So a lot of things going wrong for Jose Abreu, who you know recently signed a three-year deal with the Astros. Um, he is hitting the ball much softer. He is hitting the ball on the ground more. Uh, and he is chasing the ball out of the zone a lot more and therefore striking out more and walking a lot less. Uh, so nothing's really going right for Jose Abreu right now, and um, you know I'm sure he'll turn it around. But right now, Jose Abreu looking... Slightly alarming. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's what we got for players to highlight. Um, do we want to... Like, uh, so yeah, w- one bit of news we... Uh, we forgot to get to. I just thought of it uh, just now. Um, Robbie Ray, uh, he has to get a season-ending surgery. Um, yeah, the the Mariners, they'll be in a good spot, but 
you know, not the best for a guy, you know, they, they signed a five-year contract too. Yeah. It's certainly not ideal. Um, luckily their, their rotation is good enough to survive without him. Um, he looks like he made one outing this year and struggled, uh, quite a bit, walked a lot of guys, wasn't finding the zone. Um, and he's, you know, at this point kind of past the point in his career walks have been a major issue. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, based on those numbers alone, it's not surprising that there were some underlying issues there with his arm. Um, but, you know, hoping for a speedy recovery and then he gets back quickly because, you know, they signed him to, they signed him as a reigning Cy Young Award winner. And maybe he'll never repeat his 2021 again, but I still believe he can be a very good pitcher uh, for that team. Yeah. Especially in that ballpark. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, even in a down year last year, well, down compared to a Cy Young year. Yeah. You know, he, he had over 10 strikeouts per nine. He had even still like average walk numbers, which is really good um for for him particularly but but yeah definitely not a definitely not great but you know as you mentioned you know there's there's a there's like one or there's like maybe four teams where this could happen and it doesn't really make too much of a dent in the in the franchise's plans but uh the Mariners are one of them like they have a lot of they're they're with the with the acquisition of Ray and the emergences of Kirby and, and Gilbert and the acquisition of Castillo, there were some good quality, just regular major league pitchers who kind of got kicked out of the rotation um, and are now, you know, because of injuries, are able to get back in it. Chris Flexen is kind of the most notable guy yeah. of that. He was a quality uh, starting pitcher in 2021, but I think just the overall depth pushed him back in the rotation. Um, the overall depth that, that was added pushed him back on the rotation. He'll probably be a bigger factor. Marco Gonzalez will be a bigger factor. And then obviously Castillo, Gilbert, and Kirby are, are going to keep doing their thing. Uh, Castillo has looked phenomenal this year. One of the best pitchers in baseball so far this year. So uh, great for the Mariners to have him. You know, they don't have to worry about signing him to an extension because they did that uh, last uh, September, I think. So, you know, the... I guess this is a props to Jerry Depoto for just putting his team in a situation where you can lose a 2021 Cy Young winner and your your organization your organization is in a all right spot. Yeah. Um and, and in fact the rotation is in a very good spot still. They went from you know maybe like a a 9 out of 10 rotation to an 8 and a half out of 10 rotation but it's exactly. still an extremely exactly. good rotation. Yeah. Um so uh, yeah, sucks for Robbie Ray. That's Hope- why. That's why it's big that they, uh, you know, that they got Castillo at the deadline. You know, they yeah. they obviously traded a lot to get him, but that's why you do that. Yeah, and you know, I guess I guess you could say they already kind of, you know, they didn't get maybe what they were expecting out of Ray, so maybe that's why they got Castillo. So, you know, the it bolstered their depth. Yeah, and Ray still had a three seven one ERA last year. Like he wasn't terrible. No, yeah, he was. Um, yeah, he was. He was all right. Yeah, he did give up a lot of home runs though. Yeah, he did give up a decent amount of home runs and not the highest of uh offensive environments. But yeah, he's uh he's valuable to have for sure. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, all right, so. That leads into a preview of the weekend ahead. I will be looking at some series to watch. Daniel will be looking at the day-by-day matchups. And as I mentioned before, you know, everyone's sort of 13 and 12 right now. Even if you aren't, you sort of are at that point. Um, But, you know, that makes for some interesting series. Uh, First one I'll talk about is a rematch of the wild card um, or one of the wild card series last year, Blue Jays Mariners at Rogers Center. Um, some it's a it's a game one of that uh, series rematch tonight um, between Manoa and Castillo, and that'll be a good series to watch. Mariners been kind of underperforming so far this year, but I think have had somewhat recent success, but I'm not sure. 